Hey there, before we start, Aaron Harvey here. I just want to say that this episode had some technical difficulties, so if the sound isn't quite up to snuff, we apologize. Coconut! Captain's log, star date 7403.6. pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vandorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, boo. Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Welcome to Drawn to Trek. I am here with my lovely co-host, Jesse Gender. Oh, wow, that you introduced me immediately. It's unlike me. Yes, I just let you sit in, in <laughs> silence for like a full ten minutes. <laughs> Well, it's one of those, you know, like we uh, uh, we want to make sure that we're we're being uh, economic with our our words and everything. <laughs> well, see, you know, I I like go through the whole room. It's like John the track. We're going to be talking about this. Da, 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 da. Yes, well, I'm I'm going to do that. I'm, there, you just sit there. No, I know you do. I oh, just yeah. make you sit there very quietly and silently. <laughs> but nobody knows that if they can't see me. So that's yeah, I'm, so... I'm fine with that. When it's video and you're supposed to be seen, kind of like. What's going I just, on? I just stare at you <laughs> yeah. off and you just yeah. like stare at me. I was like very patient. It's just yeah. very funny. But now then I see if you want to introduce me, I just derail you immediately from your entire, your well, entire yeah. thing. I, that was going to say, like we, we joked, uh, I think it was the last episode that uh, with Saturday Night Live doesn't know how to end skits, but I don't know how to end podcasts either because we have like five endings. If I go to, sometimes I'll edit three of them out, you know, <laughs> still have a couple mm -hmm. endings. But yeah, so now our intro has just become that. So yeah, exactly. Yes. See, that's what that's what you do when you get me. Anyways, you want to finish <laughs> this off? <laughs> sure. We are going to be reviewing Lower Deck season two, episode seven, where pleasant fountains lie. Yes, and you were saying before yes. we started the podcast, you knew what that title was a reference to, and I had yes, no idea, it's so. uh, basically because we've. Uh, well, I haven't done it, but they've had uh, improvised Shakespeare at Impro mm -hmm. Theater. Uh, so I've seen bits and pieces of things laying around. So this was a poet, uh, a narrative poem from Shakespeare. It's not a sonnet, and it's not like one of his his plays. So it's just a, a, they're, getting, a they're getting regular extra poem. Pretentious, extra yeah. pretentious for this one, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's very, you know, it's kind of like the sexy. Like if you if you assigned it in high school, it'd be like. <laughs> You know, people would be laughing about like, ooh. So, uh, so the the quote where this comes from is, uh, "Graze on my lips, and those, uh, and if those hills be dry, stray lower where the pleasant fountains lie." Yeah. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, some it's... someone in, someone in the writers' room was like, "Whoa, I'm gonna be dirty." Uh -huh. It's very good. Very good. So, it, yeah, I, so, it reminds me of back when like my English teacher had to like skirt. That's from Venus and Adonis, by the way. That's the yeah. the, oh, the sorry, uh, poem. Remember. No, no, no! Uh, I just remembered. Uh, it just—it reminds me of my English teacher in high school who like had a skirt around telling us what the opening of Romeo and Juliet was about when they were talking about like heads on the like we'll put their heads to the wall and I'm like, uh, and he's like he he my school wasn't allowed to talk about sex but he's like well, come is like it was like one of those things and it was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> That's great. 
Um, yeah, so this is this this episode has a lot to do with uh, at least one part of it has a lot to do with sex or the mm-hmm. lack of sex. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's the it's the, it's the boy Miller Mariner section. That's all about the sex, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. They crash on a planet, and it's just sex Boinkin. until the show's over. Boinkin yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also we get Jeffrey Coombs back to start. Yes, I'm so yeah. excited. Jeffrey Coombs is yeah he. His voice is so distinctive, but it's also so Star Trek, which is mm. great. And he actually, you know, we, we can go through, we'll kind of break it down in the different sections, but uh, he plays the evil computer. The The show opens up and we're we're helping these people who have had a hundred years war because they uh, basically trusted the computer and the computer told them to fight. And I love Cap- Captain Freeman's like, well, at least you didn't fall for, you didn't say it was like supernatural. It's like, you didn't fall for that. And he's like, yeah, we, no, we never fell for that. <laughs> it's like, clearly in their past, they had something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's just a giant mural of it. That was really, really yeah. great. It, it, and if you look at like- the the oh, murder the the murder drones mm-hmm. that he has they look a lot like the drones from the season one tng episode uh arsenal of freedom which one was that one i actually don't remember that it's one the one where I... they had the the planet where it was selling you all these um automatic weapons and stuff and uh, so, like, oh right where they all get trapped down there yeah and, like or, or, right is it Riker gets trapped in the cave yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah yeah no i think okay. uh dr crusher's in the cave or Picard's in the cave, yeah. Someone's in the One cave. All I remember that. Riker is like talking with his first officer, and so he he says, "I'm I'm now serving on the USS Lollipop or something like that." So, <laughs> yes. he, so he, he realizes it's a computer, and then he basically kirks it to like tr- trick it into to. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, well, what if, if this is a lie, then you know that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm by my. Uh, I mean, it's my description might be a little. It's yeah. season one TNG is <laughs> unless you're doing a com- comprehensive rewatch. It's not one that you never really necessarily just go back and jump into for fun. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do watch the uh, the sexy planet where they murder you if you if you step <laughs> on the wrong piece of grass all the time. That's a classic. <laughs> and it's funny Eddie. because that's in L.A. So it's just like if, yeah. <laughs> like, if I go there, and step on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually the joke when we we went and did a photo shoot. uh just with our uniforms there and we were treated like royalty it was so weird because so few people i guess this was in 2017 so discovery had just started so there was no real star trek presence on television uh but they oh you know we used to have people buses of people come in uniforms and nobody comes anymore and and so we had random people pulling us aside and taking photos with us like we're you know like we were a prop almost it was very funny (laughs) that's kind of and then you know we were like, can we stand over on this? Because he was going to take our picture, the the uh, the maintenance guy. And uh, he's like, yeah, you can stand. And we're not even going to kill you if you stand on the on the grass over there. <laughs> so I'm like, he clearly had he knows, the reference. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was a lot of fun. That sounds great. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, so Evil Computer, Jeffrey. Yes, Cruz Evil Computer. Is. Yes. Uh, so they are, they basically, he's a little box and they're taking him back to the Daystrom Institute. He lo- yeah, um, it looks like a desktop computer. Like yeah. what I got right here next to me. Like a gaming computer, a really cool gaming computer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I want to, actually, you know what? That would actually be a fun, like, I wish they could do, like, computer, you can get, like, uh, one of the, the cases, the computer mm-hmm. cases like that. would be kind of fun. Well, and at the end, we have a bunch of options that we can talk about. Yeah, it's like, gonna be in a Best Buy or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so basically, uh, we, we're now Beckett is tasked with taking the computer back to the Daystrom Institute. Boimler was excited to go on this mission where he's going to be shooting giant centipedes. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but 
It's wet work. Yeah, that was great. And so Beckett's like, oh, you know, you've been reassigned. You're going to be the ship because I can I can spray down the the, the cases that we have to load, and then you can have your wet work. <laughs> That was, that was my my favorite line though was like it was work and it was wet. What do you want? <laughs> exactly. So he gets reassigned to to take this uh, computer back to the Daystrom Institute. But these are both ensigns. Would they give just two ensigns a shuttle and say, "Okay, go back to Earth"? Like that feels like that's not. I does, I does could, that work? <laughs> I could weirdly buy it just because number one, this feels like a an everyday routiney kind of thing. It's like yeah, yeah, mm. we got another evil computer, which is kind of how they're playing <laughs> it. So it's like yeah, let the right. engines do the evil computer. And then um, number two, oh. I guess they know that like Mariner is fairly competent as an ensign. They know that like yes, she, that's she, true. she may be irreverent and and a jerk, but she can get stuff done and handle herself. I think is the other fit too. And and we've also seen throughout like TNG like in DC sign uh, where people were just like yeah yeah we just took a vacation to Earth for the for the weekend whatever on a shuttle it's like it's like it's, it's like the universe is a hell of a lot smaller than it actually seems to be sometimes on the show so it is <laughs> it is kind of funny in that in that sense so yeah so yeah so Good. I so I so I could buy it yeah that's true uh, so basically they they get in the shuttle and they they take off we also have uh, basically this beautiful kind of baroque spaceship pulls up to Gorgeous. the yeah it is a the lovely. animators like animators knocked it out of the park of that one I was like damn yeah. that might be the most beautiful ship i've seen in star trek that is gorgeous it was done so well um it, it's funny because it, it feels really ornate but it also feels very functional mm -hmm. yeah exactly it, it, they and they do continue well we'll, we'll get there but yeah it feels like that on the inside as well as the outside. It's like strangely works for like being a fan, like a fantasy style ship in yeah. sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, we we come to the we go to the bridge. Carol is talking to this this uh, print uh, queen. What is her last name? Hisper uh, the queen of Hysperia. I can't remember her. Prin prince, prince, princess Lax Laxwana. Is, is yeah. Well, that's just it. It was like so. We <laughs> Carol Freeman's just like. Oh, hi, what can we do for you? And just clearly these people have met before. She's like really just not thrilled that she's there. It's like, oh, my, I'm having a bit of spot of trouble. My ship isn't working and I need the skills of your chief engineer. And so we of have course. the, yes. So Billups comes in and just like, hello, mother. <laughs> just yep. like, so it's, we have our own Loxana now. It's just like, it's, it's. Yep. So clearly, fun. just clearly playing Laxana. For those for the listeners who don't know, Laxana oh, yeah. Troy being uh, the the mother of Deanna Troy over on Star Trek: Next Generation, who was always kind of come on and want to boink Picard or Odo or as it were, uh, and and just the, to the she had a healthy always, sexual drive. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming. <laughs> no, no. It was, she's fine. I'm great for her to have that. Um, and what and what I also liked about her is that she eventually did become like more depthful as the series went on. Yes. Like, where the relationship with Alexander, yeah, and yeah. The actually some of the stuff she got with Odo was actually pretty strong. But regardless, Rachel Barrett always played it to perfection. Yes, and the one of the most recent uh, novels actually has a bunch mm -hmm. of uh, behind the scenes with her, which is really nice too. Yeah, it's a good novel. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's the one with the wharf on the cover. Yeah, I forget the name. Yeah. Um, but good book. Anywho, uh, yeah. yeah. So we have our own Lexwana on the show, Bill's yes. mother, which is great. Also, too, because we haven't gotten a lot. I, I even said this in my review of season one. Is like I, I kind of had a, enough of each of the bridge crew members to kind of get them. Whereas mm -hmm. Billups, I never really felt like I had a good exactly. On. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, why don't I just go through the Billups storyline and then we'll come yeah. back to the Mariner uh, plotline? And I think the kind of in between is where we get the bridge crew a little bit, but not. Yeah. Not terribly. Uh, yeah. So basically, 
you cut to engineering and he's kind of giving everybody a speech like, okay, you know, uh, the routine, my mother's here. It's like, she's going to try and trick me into having sex, which the way it's phrased, you're like, sex with her? Like, what, what's happening? It was, like, it was very weird. And Rutherford, yeah, Rutherford's like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, basically, we learn a little bit about his homeland, Hysperia, which is uh, a, a planet that was settled by Renfair types, as uh, Rutherford put it. And everybody lives in castles, and they have pet dragons, and eat mutton. So I mean, I I would live on that planet, like yeah. fun. Well, it's like, got to be better than the Scot Scottish one with the candle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like <laughs> if anyone says like this doesn't make sense, Star Trek canon. I'm like, there was a planet just full of like just Irish stereotypes that had sex with a space candle. So what do you? Yeah, use? yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever watched TAS, there are dragons, lots of dragons all over the universe. So <laughs> and those yeah. like weird things with the springs, yeah, the, the plant, the plant ones. Yeah, yeah, oh. Phylos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, I think we're 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 totally fine on the believability within this world. And yeah, so we also learned that uh, Billups is the whole thing with Billups's mother is that uh, she wants to trick uh, Billups into having sex because if he ever has sex, he has to come back and take the throne of Hysperia. So that's that's the whole kind of thing here. Also, I yeah. should say with this because this is something that like I had a friend who uh, watched this episode as as well, and we were talking about it. It's like, did you find that problematic at all? Because I'm like, I could see there being someone who would take issue with like the whole trick into sex thing, but yeah. it works for me. Uh, in this show, because in this episode, because number one, the show doesn't say it's not it's a good thing. I mean, it, it does tend to make light of that as like, a oh, like, ha ha ha. Yeah. But it never says like that it's necessarily a good thing. And number two, we don't never we never really like learn the specifics of what she tried to do. So it could have just been like she kept trying to set him up on dates and stuff. So the right. the darkness of that is kind of left in uh, up to your imagination. And so I don't particularly find it too problematic. I could see it becoming problematic in the future as being like, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, just something to mention, because I, I know some I, I feel like some people watching the show might be like, eh, eh, rub me the wrong way a little yeah. bit. But I, for me, I thought it was fine. So. Yeah, that I I can see people having somebody having an issue with that. But also, we have a murderous computer that they're making fun of who probably killed millions of people. Yeah. And he, he's a sidekick, essentially. So, you know, you have to. Yeah, I, I know some people's <laughs> lines for sex and violence are different because of oh, yeah, so no. abs abstract, yes. whereas one is like yes. deeply personal and body. Exactly. Related, so. Right. I, I, yeah. I without without drawing a line for anyone else, for me, it works. So. Yeah. So the, the Queen Hesperia is there and she's basically uh, saying that, you know, there's something wrong with the ship. And uh, it sounds like, I, you know, I, I'm not going to try to trick you into having sex. It's like, I'm here to to get your skills as a engineer. You know, she's just like this shuddering like that. I don't even want to say it. Uh, so because their ship is having um, some sort of weird issue where like the I deal with the. Uh, impulse drive is that I can't remember exactly. They're, they said Some a couple different things, technobabbly yeah. stuff things, basically. Yeah, and so they grab, um, he grabs uh, Rutherford as his, his second in command, basically, to go and help. And Rutherford is really freaked out about this, he's very nervous. He's like, you know, this is a fancy ship with like lords, and like, I don't know what to do. And and Tandy, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't want to be out of my comfort zone. I like my zone; it's comfortable. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which was great. Uh, but you know, Tendi basically is like, "Hey, this is a great opportunity for you," and she basically talks him into to going. But then also totally freaks him out by saying, "Well, mate, remember to do this and make sure you learn to curtsy." So he's just then totally kind of just 
super freaking out, worried freaking about out. yeah freaking yeah. out yeah and then next they they go over to the ship and there's yeah. some really good bits where they like see uh, my favorite bit of this yes. is the, the the tube that connects the two ships oh has, yes like, short sconces mm-hmm. and everything and it's like looks like the things that they did in star trek discovery in the season two finale when they sort of like had the tubes connecting the ships but it's just done in a very fantasy style right. and that's yeah. continued when they actually go over to the ship and you see like they have a guy who's playing a lute and they just <laughs> yeah. have all these like different princesses and stuff go around it was, it was again animators did a phenomenal job of like making a sci-fi ship feel very fantasy-esque and it just yes. it worked very very well giant portraits when you first mm-hmm. entered of all the family and and billups as a child and stuff like that with this exactly yeah yeah that was great um <laughs> so they they start saying it's like uh, he says he sends rutherford over to check the uh the dragon's blood uh matrix or whatever or uh dragon's blood whatever it's it was some fantasy terms yeah. for, for and so it's like you know hyperians have all renamed everything to sound like magic and so <laughs> you got rutherford over there and he goes and he takes his tricorder and he's like uh the elf matrix seems to no don't do that <laughs> so he's like uh the dilithium matrix <laughs> that was great yep i love that and I like this whole bit, like you could really the whole this whole thing, like Billups actually fixes the ship and everything, and you see that yeah. he really does care about engineering, and that's like that yes. is is his thing. Um, yeah. It does kind of get into a stereotype stuff that I'll talk about a little bit later when we get to mm-hmm. that point. But I will, I think it is, uh, it's a nice development for his character to like flesh him out in that way. Yeah, I think this is continuing the the theme this this year of like oh we've seen this kind of thing in other shows before mm. but it's it's subverting it slightly or doing mm-hmm. something uh deeper with it or new mm. yeah that has been a nice surprise and not just like because when this starts happening you're kind of like oh i kind of know what's going to happen but then you don't necessarily so it's uh, Ex- exactly which is yeah. it's nice and so it kind of just shows like his mother is just like Hey, no, this is you did great. I'm like actually really surprised that you were able yeah. to like do this. Now, now I understand why mm-hmm. you are a, an engineer and don't want to have sex. And he's like, oh yeah, I think I finally <laughs> showed her and everything. Um, and then and Rutherford- Carol basically says, you know, I need you on the on the ship. And and uh, Carol, like I like I'm calling her by her first yeah, name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Freeman basically summons him back to her ready room, and he's like, "You needed me, Captain? No, not really. But I thought maybe you'd need an out, <laughs> your mom." Uh, mm-hmm. And then he explains that no, like you know, I think I actually have maybe gained her respect. And, and then there's a huge the explosion. ship explodes behind them, yeah, like a big big hole. I love how because they, they framed it. It's one of those almost like the Scooby Doo has the different colored door that you know that mm-hmm. somehow they're going to go through. It was like that ship is really really visible in the middle of like okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we get this explosion and supposedly killing Rutherford and yeah, we that we learn this really quickly because uh, we cut to uh, Tendi and Doctor Taana. And, you know, she says that there's been an explosion. She's like, oh, should I prepare for casualties? And she's like, just hands her the pad that shows very quickly that he's been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she freaks so out. Yeah, she she she's having flashbacks to what had happened before. So mm-hmm. there's just, you know. I'm very visceral. Like, it was just a very visceral moment. They yeah. played it, like, very straight, which was kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the way she just pounded on the window and just, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah. It, it, the way they played it for a moment, like I knew he was probably not dead, but for yeah. a moment I was like, wow, that's, that dang, all right. That's... Uh, it reminded me very much of Data's death in The Most Toys. Mm. Yeah, 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 where they like everyone, or uh, 
the other one too with uh Jordy and uh and, and oh, oh Ro. their death yes their death like that was also pretty the next dark phase too. yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was like pretty serious. <laughs> um, the uh, so yeah, so she, but she basically is. It's almost like she doesn't quite want to accept it. So she asked the computer where he is. Like I don't know what if she, what she what, was, what she expected. She well, I think what she asked was where is his is his implant still on? And I think right. she her. I, plan was to just go and collect it so she still had a piece of him oh yes as opposed to like finding like him right. still alive or something like that but when she does get there he is alive mm-hmm. inside just of a room having a feast exactly and, just having a very nice feast with some mutton yeah. and stuff it's great well one thing that we have forgotten in between before this happens uh billups basically comes and puts down his starfleet badge and says that you know my my people need me now because the queen's dead and and I have to go be, be a leader now. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so he's going to get, he's going to get laid. Yep. He's got to do his, the Royal copulation. Yeah. And then after that, uh, Tendi uh, and Rutherford sort of like learn about this and realize that this is all a trick by Billups' mother to try and get him to have sex to make him come back and uh, become king. So uh, Rutherford uh, and Tendi, well, just Rutherford, start to yep. run through the ship <laughs> to try and stop Billups from, from having sex. Uh, and there's a couple like really great, like the loot, the loot actually like stops communication. Oh, yeah, the, like a psycho, uh, like a, a psionic, not psionic, whatever you're saying, like <laughs> uh, calm blocking loot. Like using sound waves to block the comms. It, anyway, it stops communications, yeah. which was great. And so Rutherford's like running through the ship, and we're cutting to. Uh, we did have like, one good line before, which she's like, "You will never catch him." It's like my guards have been trained since birth to skip foreplay. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was good. That was really, really good. Which I'm like skipping foreplay. Like, come on, come on. That's the best part. It's the yeah. best part. Um. Anyway, so Rutherford's running through the ship. Uh, and uh, trying to something we're getting cuts to Billups like having sex, which by the way is is nice to note that there's a guy and a girl there, so it's mm-hmm. a nice little subtle like, uh, or at least presenting guy and girl people. So it's like oh nice bisexual or at least not caring uh, what what gender of a person is. Um, so which is nice. And so yeah. running through the ship. And my favorite get on thing my way is, horse. <laughs> exactly. My favorite line though is when Rutherford bursts into the room. He says, "Has his kingdom come yet?" Which is. <laughs> Some writer was so pleased, and yes. I and I'm very pleased with him because that was excellent. <laughs> there was a lot of very clever entendres or double entendres in this this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just learn that apparently Billups just couldn't couldn't get it up, which I found interesting for a few different reasons. Because number one, I mean, obviously Billups didn't have sex, so he couldn't he he didn't get tricked into sex or whatever. Which is, right. but it is interesting because the way that I read this, and this is again as someone who is not part of this community and is also you know this is not explicit, so this is definitely not explicit representation. But what I found interesting about this is like I sort of read this as a sexual representation of like mm. him of Billups being either um sex uh neutral or sex negative or sex repulsed uh as asexual uh cuz he was he was sex positive not to say that he would necessarily have gotten it up uh, cuz again there's a spectrum of asexuality but it would it's it would appear that he's either sex neutral sex repulsed or sex negative um as an asexual person uh, which is actually really cool because you don't really see a lot of asexual representation there uh, yeah. and, and TV really at all. And while there, it, it, 
again, this number one isn't explicit. So I don't know if this was the intention of the show or if this is the way direction they're going to go. So it still could be that he doesn't mind sex. He just is kind of nervous or whatever. So there's other ways, but I just read it that way. And it would be cool to see that. And if they do go that way, there is some sort of stereotyping of like, oh, he his love of engineering is like sex for him, which is, yeah. is, is a bit of a stereotype and things like that. But that also being said, I kind of hope they do go lean in that direction because we do need more asexual representation. I think there's some ways they could do to make sure to to do it better and do it uh, clearly. But I think if they head in that direction, I think that would be a cool, cool idea. So, yeah. Um, so basically, he's he's saved. We we yeah. we still have our engineer. His kingdom uh, didn't come. <laughs> his didn't. No, it did not. <laughs> yeah, I did like though the little bit at the end with Tendi sort of saying, "Like, oh, I guess I'll just have to get used to you uh, almost dying all the time." And others like, "Yep, I'm gonna do it." And you get this little scene with uh, Tendi being yeah. like, clearly bothered by this not thing. okay with that. Yeah, because yeah. his thing is, "Well, yeah, it's Starfleet, of course." You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, they're definitely they're definitely building up the the Rutherford Tendy relationship again. Which, to be fair, what I will say about this is I I find it adorable and I like this episode. I like that whole bit. My and this isn't a negative at all, but I do hope that they start to will they or won't they like confirm one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll will they at some point, but I don't want them to like be batting this back and forth for too much longer. You know? What I yeah, mean? that would be. Yeah, I think that would. I don't think that would fit the way that they've been writing things either. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to, that'll have to be revealed at some point. They did start it in season one, but not as heavily as in season two. Yeah. Well, and even in season one, though, it was like just one sided on Rutherford's side, to yeah. agree. Uh, at least on the romantic angle. And then Tendi sort of has been feeling it the other way mm-hmm. now. And so uh, with Rutherford and not really reciprocating it as much in a romantic sense. So right. I'm sure they're going to like meet in the middle at some point. Um, so it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, I like I said, it's not a negative because I, I liked how it worked here. I just wanted yeah. to like, I can see myself if this drags out too much longer. Yeah. Um, then I would, I would get frustrated with it, but we'll see. We still have a few more episodes. Yep. Well, I think we can go back now to the uh, Rewind. Boimler Beckett thing. Yeah. Well, it, I, this works pretty well, I think. We, we've we've tried to go back and forth between like mm-hmm. literally following the plot, and it just it's easier to just a ping pong. Yeah. To just pick one and stick with it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one I loved. Except yes. for I have. We'll get to it at the end. I have one major critique of this storyline, but okay. otherwise, I love this Jeffrey Coombs Mariner um, Boimler storyline. <laughs> I think it was great. So they're they're flying back to the Daystrom Institute, and of course they hit a gravimetric shear and a plan. They crash into the season two poster, basically. <laughs> it's like all yep. the, the elements from that poster are there. Uh, it's this planet that has obviously a lot of uh, trapped a lot of other ships. At some point, have crashed there. It's just this desert. is City it's, Alpha Five, yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. It felt it felt very much like that, which is obviously what the poster is supposed to also be alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, so they get they crash on the planet. She has her shoulder like all out of whack, and it's like, oh, it's just a fracture. And she's like, oh no, I don't even want to look at it. Yeah. She just pops it back into place. Um, and the only thing that's working is the replicator. <laughs> so so they, kind of, kind, kind of. of, yes. So ask for a glass a of water. Black, it yep. makes black licorice black which is worse than <laughs> death in my opinion i i love black licorice but i don't oh, want no. that to be the only thing that i can eat oh you're your... one of the you're one of those people Ugh, well actually i like kind of black people. jelly beans black licorice i do not like 
Oh, that's even worse. The difference. black jelly, you, you like have a like up oh, because lately these black licorice, so you like can prepare for it as it's like coming at you. But like the black jelly bean, like there's a whole jar of multicolored things. You're just kind of going to reach in and enjoy this sugary goodness. And you put it in your mouth and like you just taste the one black one. Like I'd rather have like that Harry Potter vomit flavored wow. jelly bean over the black jelly bean. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I have I have I like fennel, so I guess that must here. be yeah, exactly. Fennel has kind of an anise taste to it, so I think it's like that has sort of it, it's a, a gentle slope into going into to uh <laughs> to licorice, but yeah. You, you've slowly been indoctrinated yeah. into the into the black licorice lifestyle. It's the only way that I've also for cilantro have been able to cuz I I'm one of those people who's just like it tastes like soap or metal or something. <laughs> it's just like I don't want it. But because I live in California, it basically you say when you say no cilantro, that's like just less cilantro. <laughs> so it's like so I've kind of over time realized that I actually put it in something once. I'm just like, "Whoa." I don't know what's happening to me. Who am I anymore? <laughs> so. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, this but whole yeah. bit is great. Uh, the black, black liquor is black. Just <laughs> Dry, too. <laughs> yeah. Aaron from the future. Uh, just want to let you know that Mike McMahon, the person who created the show, likes black licorice. So I feel like I'm vindicated. Um. Uh. But this whole time, apparently, the uh, Jeffrey Coombs computer... Agamus. Yes, is... Uh, I'm just going to call him Jeffrey Coombs computer. Uh, <laughs> is is just trying to trick them into... Very overtly and obviously yeah. trick them into, like, like just plug me into the computer. You know what I like to do when I'm scared? I like to be connected to a computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, that's great. But then he manages, while they're distracted, after being attacked by, like, a weird monster thing. Yeah, it um, takes all the, their actual rations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he manages to connect to a pad, uh, a p- pad da da, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, personal access data device, mm-hmm, a pad da da, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that's that's clearly how you say it. Yes. And is able to download some information, which will come up in just a little bit. But yeah. because they run out of food, Mariner and Boimler start heading out into the uh, the wilderness to try and find some food. What, there's, what, if there's creatures there, then there must be water somewhere. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting here is we're starting, it was already started back on the ship um, is we're starting to get a little bit of an interesting conflict between the two uh, between Mariner and Boimler in that Mariner is clearly like kind of perturbed that Boimler is independent from her. Yes. He, she's like saying, you can't do this. You can't handle this. You're not commander enough. Uh, and, and, and like actually meaning and kind of belittling, belittling him. But mm-hmm. what we know as someone, we, we've seen Boimler's growth this entire season, especially like last episode where we were so like just yes. showing that he has grown so much at, on his own as a leader. Mm-hmm. And he has gotten to that. And so we know that he doesn't necessarily need Mariner as a mentor, still as a friend, but as like a Chadich mentor. Yeah. He doesn't really need her in that capacity anymore. And you can kind of see that it's coming out of Mariner kind of trying to claw him back and being resentful of the fact that she is not needing him, which I think is a great character development for her. It, it doesn't make me like her. It makes me kind of frustrated and angry at her, but makes perfect sense based on what we saw in like episode three of this season 
where she actually said to Tendi, he's like, I get worried when people abandon me and I want them. So it's sort of like her being possessive because she feels like she needs people. So I think it yeah. makes perfect sense out of her character. It's a frustrating thing, but it it fits her character development character growth. And so I thought that that was really cool. So I ranted for a whole bunch there, but I, I just wanted no, to. No, every time that he mentions the Titan, just her mm-hmm. her ratcheted up reaction is, is funny, but it is also, I, I feel like it's, everybody has a friend who mentions something probably less uh, our friends with star trek you know it's like ah, don't mention star trek anymore yeah uh, yep. but but yeah just the fact that this is like enough with the titan mm-hmm. like i don't want to hear about your what are these extracurricular activities or whatever you're <laughs> it's like uh, it was a whole promotion yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she did act it she definitely belittled it and and every time she talks about it she minimizes it as if it was just a fluke mm-hmm. or or something that just wasn't wasn't as much as it actually was. Mm. And, and in the process minimizes uh, Boimler as yeah. well. And like minimizes saying his capabilities, which again, mm-hmm. just goes against what we've just seen in his character growth as a yeah. person this past few, this past whole, this whole season, really. Um, which and I been, think, and I love that. I love, I think that this was a great come butting to heads of these two characters in terms of like where they both are in their arcs. And you even get a butting of heads of like, she just wants to bury the computer and like mm-hmm. go and, and, you know, Boimler's like, no, it's a it's a sentient being somehow, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, like basically straps him on when they go to look for for food, takes him with them. She's like, stupid Starfleet ethics. <laughs> like, hey, 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 we fought data fought for the rights of yes. computer beings. So, of course. Yeah. But then, of course, they they uh, something something happens and they like he just says something cruel uh, and yes. him, um, at the moment because he's trying to instigate a fight between the two. of them. Oh, no, it was like, guacamole. It was a, they 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 go to the they find the tree and they like, oh, right. And they 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 knock down the fruit and it turns out that it tastes exactly like black like licorice. Black. <laughs> they, they drink it anyway because they need the liquid. And he's like, just think if you if you would let me go tap into the computer, I could you could be eating cheeseburgers or milkshakes. Or she's like, don't say it. Guacamole. <laughs> and then, yep. then you just see them getting buried. Like, I am oh. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So they oh. fall asleep. And in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, you hear "help, help!" and the, like these little crabs are carrying <laughs> Agamus away. Yeah, which was apparently Mike's like loves the cute little crabs. He's like, "That's my favorite part." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they gets carried away by the crabs, and Boimler saves him. And but then um, Jeffrey Coombs' computer shows him that Mariner was the one that actually got him reassigned, mm-hmm. um, and actually went up to Ransom and said, "Hey." Uh, this is, uh, you know, he's not ready and and lied to Ransom so that Boimler couldn't go and kind of siming his career a little bit. Yeah. Which actively made me angry at yes. Mariner. Uh, I, I'm, I'm laying down the foundations for what makes me upset about this episode. But I, I will say again, this is good. I like this. It fits her character. And it it is something that awful that she did. And it makes me angry at her. And I, I, and I make sense. And while she initially denies it, a few scenes down the road, we, she basically confirms that this, this is something she actually yeah, did. Part of me wanted it to be like just a fake recreation that the, that Agamus had, had manufactured. Cause also mm-hmm. we've had last week, we had Tendi getting everybody signed up to do, uh, the anomaly consolidation day without mm-hmm. telling them. Now we've got this. It's just like, I, I'm not loving the fact that they're all kind of doing something behind everybody's back. Mm hmm. But, well, at yeah. least at least Tendi's was more like 
not not negated like she wasn't giving yeah. them oh, off anything true. and it right. was like intended to be like a nice yeah. kind thing that's she true. just was yeah, like yeah. didn't reveal that it was her yeah so it wasn't like duplicitous whereas this is actively duplicitous. Right. yeah so i i can see like yeah i hear your point that it is sort of like a lot of behind each other's back maybe it's just because it just like, happened last week it's just sort of like yeah. that's, it's just like oh okay it's another one of those things yeah i think the intention's different like yeah. tendy was trying to be kind whereas true. mariner's trying to be possessive bossy yeah exactly yeah well i think it's I, honestly it comes across as like possessiveness mm-hmm. really she, she needs boimler to need her yeah so, yeah um and so basically uh boimler says screw it heads off without her uh and is going to take the computer and hook her hook him up to this like alien ship that's there um and mariner comes after him and and fights him um and they get into a whole fight sort of like again seemingly because um, Jeffrey Coombs computer instigated it. Yes. Uh, and, and he's sitting up in the corner going, yes, yes. I, like very excited ooh, about yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, which is all great. And it's building yeah. up to this whole bit. I, I kind of called what was going to happen, but it made, but it, it works and it fits the yeah. character arc. And so Boimler beats her and, and, and shoots her with a phaser. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you wouldn't, ne- you wouldn't dare. And then he he dares. <laughs> he, he does. He doth dares. Yes. Um, and then uh, they go in, connect to the connect him to the computer, and then oh, the computer starts going over the top. It's like, yes, you've yeah. fallen from my evil, and like we get this whole <laughs> thing. My murder drones will <laughs> take over. Yeah. It's yeah. It's freaking great. Uh, it's like, and and you fell like, for it. <laughs> yep. And then boy, just like, nah, I didn't fall for it. Nah, nope. Turns out he just he just like was using him so he could like charge the the like signal and mm-hmm. that he had only connected him to the dimmer switch. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah, the navigation's way over there. All you control is the, the dimmer switch. That's my favorite. My my favorite line of the whole episode is like, yes. "I will blind you," and he just like flips <laughs> click, the switch. Click, click. <laughs> that was so good. That was uh, that would that would have me yes. on the floor. And I love the fact that like when we saw the that little bit, I was like, oh, I hope this isn't like a, a five minute evil computer scene. And the fact mm-hmm. that it was so short, it was just like <laughs> and then he's like, You've been boimed. You know, that, that yep. was great. <laughs> yep. Um, and so then they they get rescued mm-hmm. and uh they drop the computer off at the Daystrom Institute, which looks just like the Daystrom Institute from Picard, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. I like that little bit of continuity. Yeah. Uh they must have just taken it and animated a shot from the show. Um and uh and then we drop the computer <laughs> off in, and there's a wonderful bit where the computer's like, I'll join Starfleet, I'll be good, but then they just crop it. Oh yeah, it's like, like I realize I've deleted all my evil subroutines. I realize that goodness is the way they're like, Yeah, we're not buying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then it's just like a bunch of other evil computers, and and there is a good little like button in the episode. These self-aware megalomaniacal megalom megalomaniacal. But you leave this in the edit. You do not. Edit I this will out. not take this out. It's self-aware megalomaniacal. Ma- whatever computer storage. Megalomaniacal. Thank you. Yes, that's. Yeah. It's been a day, and it I'm surprised be- I recognized who you were. I mean, yes, yes. I'm right there with you. Don't worry. Um, so, okay. So I've kind of been alluding to it, but I need yes. to kind of rant just a bit. Here. Okay. This is my one negative, and I probably my actual review on my channel I probably harped on this a little bit too much because, like I've been saying, I liked this whole plot for Mariner. It makes sense for her to be possessive, to be controlling mm-hmm. and Boimler and all this jazz. The thing that my one big negative of the show is that it comes across as Boimler kind of forgiving her pretty easily at the end because it's mm-hmm. revealed like, yes, there's the whole fight between them, 
But Boomer ultimately reveals that he was just playing that up for the computer's benefit. And that when they when he says you've been boimed, he like fist bumps Mariner. And it was mm-hmm. like awesome computer. And, and there's not really any really addressing of it honestly and openly that Mariner kind of fucked up his chance to like have a like a career like uh, like a nice little thing on his career kind of hurt his career a little bit there yeah and and not just like oh we missed out a mission like she told his direct superior that he wasn't wasn't ready, ready. yeah yeah and ransom was like oh i thought he was ready and so like it's 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 something that will <laughs> why hurt. you actually took mariner's view <laughs> like word for it i don't know that's on jack honestly but that yes. is on jack but but still <laughs> it, it is something that's like this may again it makes sense. I'm not knocking this progression for her character. Yeah. I'm not knocking that it doesn't make sense in terms of where she is. And it's. I'm not saying that we can't characters that I like can't make bad choices. Right. Um, what I am saying is that Boimler not calling her out explicitly on it and them being cool at the end kind of yeah. bugged me because it felt like a bigger deal that Boimler should have been like, no, we're not cool. I, I would have honestly much preferred the episode to end like them rescued them getting off. They even do, even if they do the fist bump, it's like, like, Hey, we still trust each other, but him just kind of being like, no, we're not cool after that right now. And just having a, even a little line that's just like, like, you know, we're still friends or whatever, but like not cool. And yeah, and I'm going to be a little bit upset about it for a little bit. Like, yeah. I just feel, it just felt weird that they were kind of cool with each other at the end of this. Especially because they idea. had their, the, the reconciliation that they had at the star base party. Mm-hmm. Like that feels like that, that shouldn't have happened after this. It's like mm-hmm. it's like wait a second. Come on, you've you've had an understanding. It felt like and yeah, you know you 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 clearly have not forgiven him for going to the Titan, even though you've had the whole I've forgiven you. See, so, yeah, or, or something. I, I I mean I don't disagree with you. That episode could have come after this, and it would have fit the arc fine. But I feel like I I feel like I could understand how they're two separate things because mm. he did abandon her. Yeah. Uh, in in without telling her that kind of triggers like a lot of like she has abandonment issues clearly um it, it is a thing and so i could see her wanting to deal with that but now she still kind of has those uh those possessive tendencies within her and so i i can see this still being an ongoing issue with her of her wanting to be possessive of boimler i just i just don't like that the show didn't call her out on it because i think it's it's a negative yeah. for both boimler and for mariner's character growth going forward that that sort of doesn't get aside and i will say too that it does kind of like boimler is getting a clear arc like a clear positive arc this season mm-hmm. that i can kind of read as like he is coming into his own as a commander and finding out what type of leader he is um like it's not just like hey i want to be the titan like the first part of right. the season is like i don't want to be in the titans like i want to be the enterprise d commander and then we're starting to see him being actually taking up that type of role as a leader throughout the rest of the season and i'm loving boimler's arc really well this season mm-hmm. um mariner's arc seems to be on a n- negative arc which is fine it's okay to take a character down a darker path but it's less clear and less defined for me like the beginning of the season yeah. started to seem to show like she was also about finding her type as a commander where she's like the in episode what was it two with Kayshawn episode where they go and yes like, she's she's kind of like right. uh having it out with the other guy um Kayshawn when he became a puppet <laughs> exactly uh it feels like that was meant to be like a start of an arc for her figuring out her leadership style yeah and then the rest of this has been more like most of her negative most of her moments have been sort of bouncing off of her uh, inability to like either emotionally attached to other people like Tendi or uh, her possessiveness with Boimler, um, which again are fine character arcs to go on. I'm not knocking the arc. It's just less clearly defined as, as Boimler's is, which is kind of sad considering that Mariner's arc was the most defined in season one. 
Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. So. Well, maybe we will see that uh, resolve or at least come into a little bit more focus as we move forward through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just something okay. I've noticed that I'm just like, that's the one that everyone else, like Tendi, Rutherford, Boimler have fairly clear arcs where Mariner seems to be a little less. The, the I'm not necessarily connecting the dots of her character arc and, and seeing where it's kind of heading in a right. satisfying way. Yeah. Uh, one really quick way. I, I didn't do a lot of eat. There were not. Well, there might be more Easter eggs than I'd seen, but one thing that I just loved at the very end when we're going through the self-aware megalomaniacal, and I'm never going to say it, so I'm not going to say Meg- it again. Megalomaniacal. It's megalomaniacal. Me. I can't I can't. Say I can it read it, and I can hear it in my head, but for some reason, my mouth is not making the sounds. Uh, the computer storage area, when they zoom out, which is very much like the Borg... Uh, al- alcove kind of scene mm. uh but you have all these different basically what 100 year old router is what <laughs> what, what uh, uh mariner called him uh he's like rude <laughs> that's great <laughs> uh but as they're pulling out there's all these different computers and they have different sort of faces on the front different glowing things and there's one that uh it looks like it has a, a crop like a no symbol but if you look to the left of the jeffrey combs computer two or three over there's the CBSI mm-hmm. on one of them. And that I just, that was made me laugh so hard. <laughs> that's a good one. That's like, that's like a Simpsons esque kind of like mm-hmm. Fox sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. So what well, it is, it's a, it's a creepy eye. If you think of it, it in is. that way, it's like, it, so it, it, it works really well for, I mean, there's eyes, a couple of... eyes as logos just generally are. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple that have like, you know, they, they have the way they've arranged some hexagons looks like two eyes and a mouth. And so they, they've done a really cool job of making these all sort of look semi anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah, so that was fun. I love that. Uh, yeah, so I, I overall, I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, like I said, other than my one critique of uh, yeah. just, it, it's something that's like, it's one of those like could have been fixed with just a little bit of a change at the end, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Other than that one major criticism with yeah. mariner i love this episode that was great i want the ship from eagle <laughs> moss the the mona mona veen mm-hmm. so yeah that get was, on that get on yeah. that eagle moss make us make yourself some money <laughs> i'm sure somebody yeah well and what's great is this also now brings in fantasy role-playing cosplay into star trek mm-hmm. so we well, can i mean now... not that we needed that much no but now yeah exactly but still now we've got uh Something canonical that we can sort of bring in. Yeah. Well, everyone, all, all civilian clothing, honestly, looked like they were part of a Ren fair at this point in Star Trek. Anyways, like no, anything, like go watch any like TNG yeah. episode. And everyone looks like they're in a freaking Ren fair if they're a civilian. <laughs> no. Oh, especially like with the the Mintakan, the mm-hmm. the the uh, proto Vulcan people. That oh, felt yeah. very very oh, Ren yeah. fair. Don't even get me started on that that <laughs> that nonsense. It's the, that the proto Vulcan. <laughs> is like the same thing as like the the different earth like the duplicate earth thing from tos in my opinion but they're proto remans exactly exactly (laughs) proto remans there it's very different very different culture uh but yeah no that was i i oh my god so many thoughts on that but anyways that's a whole different argument and discussion yes uh but uh but yeah ultimately yeah i like the episode yeah me too um so i think that pretty much wraps things up do you want to uh let the audience know where they can find you when you're, nah. you're not in this little square no no, no okay. i don't want they i don't want them to all find right me. live long and prosper no. <laughs> yeah. yes uh no you can find me at jesse gender on the youtubes 
where I do video essays and things about LGBTQ and social issues through geekdoms and pop culture. I also have a secondary channel called Jesse Gender After Dark, where I do news and reviews sort of things. Uh, CBS recently reclaimed our uh, our reaction to the trailer, by the way. Again? So, yeah, it's not up anymore. I never actually went and watched it the first time. Yeah, so. it went up for a little bit and then they reclaimed it again, so that's gone. Uh, uh, but but uh, if you want other reactions and things like that, that yes. is that those are up there. It's just I, my face. They're just like, no. Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. We don't want this associated with Star Trek. No, no, no. Uh, but no. Um, I also have another podcast called What the Frell, which is a Farscape rewatch podcast that I do with Council of Geeks, the wonderful Vera Wild. Awesome. Um, another fellow YouTuber. And I have a Patreon that you can support me at doing all this way too many things. Um, and I also have social medias, mainly Twitter, where I'll be ranting away about either trans rights or Star Trek, one of the two what ifs that was that yeah, today yeah. that was a lot of fun yeah that was a good one i thought i was i was i was enjoying reading some people's what ifs <laughs> i still like what if uh odo became the grand negus <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i would be that'd be interesting be a fascinating i don't know how you get there yeah but it'd be fascinating well he could look happened. like a, a yeah, true. yeah just be impersonate quark for i also liked yeah. uh, zek as the head of security on deep space nine because that would just be like there would just be so much uh contraband and stuff going through that station yep you know i'm surprised they never did do this storyline with odo impersonating one of the cast members i don't think they ever hmm. not that i can think of i don't think they ever did an episode like, i'm surprised they never went that route that feels like an easy route to have gone down yeah mm. maybe they made the decision not to do that maybe yeah. that's part of the the bible somewhere it's like no we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that yeah i mean just I, i'm just thinking odo having to impersonate quark would have been a fun that would have been hilarious that would have been great like armin yeah. sherman having to pull off an odo would have been would have been a good time <laughs> <laughs> yeah odo trying to be quark as but armin shimmerman yeah that that would be great yeah they feel like they spend enough time together that that would it could work pretty well yeah it, it would, remind, would remind me of the episode of where um where seven where jerry ryan had to be the doctor which is <laughs> yes, also a great, great episode. that was really good yeah so yeah uh and if you want to find me online i'm on twitter as well uh geek filter instagram and i'm doing some design stuff and i've got some things coming up that in a while that i can't talk about quite yet but uh you'll be able to find me in places other than on the computer i know i'm very (laughs) excited for you it's very cool thank you i am i am hoping that all of these schedules don't collide (laughs) into one like so the next three weeks i can't sleep or something which probably is what will happen because that's you know that's life. It's it's capitalism. It's, it's capital. Yeah. yeah, it's capitalism from Japan in my case right now, which is another level of frustration. So <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but but yeah, so, yep. So yeah. All right. It's great. Well, Hello. everybody, thank you for joining us. And if you get a chance, uh, leave a review and ratings in iTunes. Uh, we are still somewhat new on the network, and uh, that helps people find us. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, live long and prosper, everyone. Live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute! 